Yo, what's good? Welcome to another episode of Fun With Dumb. Today I got a very special guest, somebody I've been looking forward to interviewing because there's only a few. This is a rare situation where our species, <laughs> our, our kind, our profession, our, uh, meet together and get to do this. Um, he's pretty low-key, kind of like part of my lineage of what I do, really. Oh, man. Um, we have Jin the MC. What the up? The fact that you even still um, refer to me as Jin the MC kind of dates you already as far as uh, as far as far just titles. It's interesting because, I mean, you know, my name is Jin, right? Yeah. So Jin the MC originates from a screen name, like an AOL screen name. So that's how it transitioned? So that's how I date myself. So when I first kind of started rhyming back in the days, you know, I did my my path of exploring rap names, right? Yeah. I've always, I don't know, I wanted to ask you too, I'll get into that, but before Dumb, did you ever go by anything else, right? But I was gonna say, I had my, like in junior high, at one point I think I called myself like Nitro or something like that. <laughs> sound, sound like <laughs> no, American no, no. Gladiator. I had some shit like that Okay, too. but yeah. basic, oh, by the way, Nitro was because I thought my rhymes were explosive, but. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Anyhow, of course. Of course I think it was around high school, like going into high school that, like transitioning out of junior high, going into like ninth, 10th grade, I was like, I'm just gonna go by Jin. Yeah. So of course, in the era of AOL screen names, I was like, yo, Jin the MC is what my screen name's gonna be. Right. And then kind of organically, that became my, my moniker, right? Um, how it transitioned now to MC Jin is actually specific to, uh, I remember I, uh, I, I first got to Hong Kong and people like they just like people that rhyme or do rap. They just like to take whatever your name is and throw the word MC in front of it. Right, right, right. right? So when I went there, there was already a few people that was like, "Oh, that's MC so and so. That's yeah. MC so and so. So this one is MC Jin." So then I was like, "Oh, okay. If that's what y'all want to refer to me as, cool." And the real the deal closer was uh, I looked to see if MCJin.com was available on GoDaddy.com. And it was. And here we are now in 2019 that I go by MC Jin. But of course, whenever someone says, oh, snap, Jin the MC, it definitely, there's a feel of nostalgia to that. Have you never gone by uh, Nitro Jin? None of that? <laughs> I'm just wondering. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about your origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, your background and your origin. Yeah, did they? Did, they, did he just, hit you with the Nitro Jin too? He, he might have said Nitro. He did all the gins. We're talking about Ian Solomon, of course, yeah, yeah. Who, who I chat with on a regular basis hey, these days. Turn it down. Yeah. Okay. Who I chat with kind of ever so often these days. And uh, I, mean, I don't know. Like, I haven't watched that battle in a long time. He might have threw nitrogen in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me let me go back a little bit because I like to kind of put everything in context for the listeners who may not be familiar with whoever. Yeah. Um, but uh, I found out about you as, as a battle rapper, like most of us, uh, when, we were, when I was a teenager yeah. watching uh, BET, Freestyle Fridays. It was a big deal. I, I, we talked about this like a couple weeks ago in New York where I felt like you were the original uh, Lin Sanity uh, for hip hop heads yeah. particularly. There's you know? parallels, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, because Jeremy Lin was playing for the Knicks and, and it was like a big New York thing too. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. and, and for you, it was definitely like New York and just a hip hop sphere uh, right yeah. after that yeah. uh, all around. Yeah. And I was battling, I was rapping and you know, a lot of us, my circle of Asian rapper friends, we all kind of grew up the same way watching these battles and we never heard of you until that moment. Yeah. Freestyle, uh, Freestyle Fridays, and um, just I kind of like I have all these like curious questions from like we never really got to talk about. Never. So this is the time. Yeah. This so is the time. you're originally from Florida, and you went over there, and you just kind of you went through this audition process for this uh, battle situation, or what? What is yeah. the story? So there? 
so you know what you just said about yo i had never heard of you until 106 i think that's for a lot of people especially regardless if they were battle fanatics like yourself right. or not so i i definitely agree and and confirm the fact that 106 and park was what pushed me into the stratosphere right right it was my quote-unquote big break but to the ones that um have been following me prior to that or you know even from my perspective i know that that was all a um that was in the making a long time leading up to that. Right. So I'm sure, like how you said, here in the West, right? In Cali, LA, just all throughout neighborhoods, you running around battling. Yeah. Right. Whether it's at a record shop, at the mall, whatever. Right. So me, Lil Jin, uh, was doing the same exact thing, but in Miami. Miami. So, so I was born and raised in Miami. So you were one of the dudes locally, like I was. Killing shit. I'll, I'll say that both. Were you the dude? I or? was. I was okay. If there was three dudes, yeah, I was definitely okay. one. Okay. If not the top one, right? Right. So, right. I mean, I, and to put a bit more, I love how you put context on stuff because I'm, I'm all about context yeah. too. The scene then and the scene now, obviously, is really right, different. Right. 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 Yeah. The same that I'm sure you could say for Cali. Yeah, I'm not right? walking just around globally. like I'm that dude right now. You know, it's yeah. like There's all these so, young kids. So, if we talk about mid '90s, early two. 2000 Miami. Yeah. You know, there first of all, the circle of battlers wasn't that big anyways. Right, right. And then within that circle, there was really only like maybe one, two or three guys that was like, yo, that's the guy to beat. You right. know, if we're like, well, what does it mean to be that dude, right? If we were to really put a definition on that, yo, it's the guy that everybody's gunning for cuz cuz everybody knows that you beat that guy, then you basically walk around with the clout that you beat that guy. Well, the interesting thing, too, so, I, I mean, from what I've heard about Miami, too, there aren't a lot of Asians in Miami, right? Oh, yeah, off top, there wasn't. So that's kind of interesting. Right already. off the top, yeah, it was yeah. interesting. So, of course, I think when I went to these battles at that point, we're talking mid-90s. So this is, this is I'm, I'm kind of backtracking a bit. This is mm -hmm. pre-106 in Park, mm -hmm. right? So 15, 16-year-old Jim battling at the mall, battling at this theater, battling at actual uh, Scribble Jam-esque type mm -hmm. events, right? But in Miami. Like the scribble jam of Miami, let's right, just say. Right, 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 right. There was no Asian. Forget about on on the on the the eight man turn tourney tourney. Is it tourney turn? Short for tournament. Tourney. 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 <laughs> Forget about in the tourney itself. Yeah. Even if you look in the audience, there's barely any right, Asian right. faces, right? So I mean, for me, man, I've always liked to say that what worked for me is that I didn't really dwell on that. Mm. That that too much. Like yeah. I didn't go in thinking I'm carrying the the pride of right, right, right. the Asian massive on my for back. Sure. I just went in like, who's the opponent? Dissect them chop them down and that's it right and well, the, the ticket I'm, I'm sorry let me take it back yeah. just a slightly like did you get into battling in high school or what? Uh, so in, the, in miami high yeah, school junior high actually junior so high. there's this vivid memories so i would say seventh grade seventh eighth grade cafeteria okay and i have a fond memory of it my first actual engagement with battling this is kind of cool too i didn't even know what battling is and i didn't know that i was in it right, right? so but I guess it is all interconnected because one of the first rhymes that I ever remember being infatuated by and memorizing and, you know, because you can't Google lyrics, right? So the way we used to memorize lyrics is other than listening to that track again and mm -hmm, again mm -hmm. on a cassette player, right, is you would get a pen and paper and you would listen to two lines, write it down on the paper. Right. Rewind, press play again, two line, two line, until you had a whole 16 of the rapper that you're listening to. Right, right, so right. So the first song that I did this method for was LL's Mama Said Knock You Out, okay. which in hindsight is a battle record if there <laughs> right, ever right. was one, right? I yeah. mean, he's not calling out names, but he's basically calling out everyone, right, right? right? So I think that that was always ingrained in me, like battle-esque type rhymes. Mm. 
when I was in the cafeteria, we used to cipher, right? And ciphering is just, yo, it's the best way to show off whatever you want to show off. What I didn't know was that at some point, you can actually attack someone, right. verbally, of course. Did so, you attack or did somebody attack I got attacked. First? I got attacked. <laughs> so as I'm in, so I'm in the cipher getting off my, you know, and this is like seventh grade. So so the rhymes are basically like, you know, like, yo, they think they bad, but that's sad because I'm the one with the lyrics that are crazy mad. That's that's right, the right, that's right. the context of it, right? right like right. I don't do homework, but you know, I make sure my rhymes is tight. Yeah. You know, things like that. So little do I know that the guy on the right and the left of me all of a sudden is like, man, shut up. Only thing you do is make rice. You ain't nice. Okay. You know so, I mean? so, so the first as attack early, was an Asian attack. It was an Asian right, attack. Right, right. Okay. It Makes was sense. definitely an Asian attack. We share a very similar experience. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was a right. Oh, oh, shit. What the fuck was, was that? Yeah, I don't no, know. I think that was a little error. Uh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me double check it. Yeah, double check it. Make sure. <laughs> the first shot fired was a... So it was it was a it was a rice attack. It was a rice attack. Now okay. here was here's how I responded. I didn't know how. Like I didn't know that you could engage in it like this. Cause this is before like I think a crucial thing is there, there was no internet and and no real way to be exposed to it, especially in Miami at right. the time, right? Um, so. I just kind of took it. I took it to the chin. And what I mean is like, as we're in the cypher, let's say there's three, four MCs. Mm -hmm. There's also the little circle of friends and little cute girls, you know right. what I mean? Stephanie from, you know, third period. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to look like an ass in front of Stephanie from third period. Right. So I'm like trying to like get myself together, but I didn't know that, oh, I can take that and flip it or whatever. Right. Just gradually. It wasn't like I went and bought a manual, but sure, sure enough, by the next day in, in the cafeteria after lunch, by the third day, by the fourth day, I'm like, oh, okay. Sometimes I would be the attacker. Right. Like, so before Kenny, I'd be like, hey, yo, John, shut up, man. You ain't even got a quarter for milk. So how you going to try to battle me? You know, you ain't built. You know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, there. So that was the birth of Jin the MC battle rapper. Right. Now, I think a big, big transition is as I got into high school. So that's junior high. Mm -hmm. So within the course of the next two to three years, I would say, man, bottom line, not only did it become something that was a part of me, but it became the ultimate part of me. Right. Like I, I completely fell in love and 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 infatuated and 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 just consume by mm. spec so we talk about hip hop as this big this big right. big tree, right? And under hip hop you got all these things, right? So I specifically got consumed by the battling. Well, that, that I think the battle part of it has yeah. like the biggest high of the cipher kind of process. When I mean, when you got hit with that shit, like the rice joke, yeah. was it like a natural instinct for you to be like, okay, I gotta come with a like a rhyme right after to defend myself, or did it take a few days where it was getting to you? Like, I gotta come back. Like, did it marinate it's the with you? Or it's what? the latter. I, okay. I mean, I, I can't. You know, it, I'm talking about something that's like. Two decades plus ago, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah I'm 37. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard yeah. to remember my first, first yeah. kind of experience, but I do remember like the feeling, you know? Oh, like, totally, yeah. totally, totally, totally. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break to let you guys know about Hemp Fusion. They just sent me this product, and uh, I've been taking it. It's been helping me with energy, sleep, and stress. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion about CBD. Our bodies actually already produce natural uh, cannabinoids, uh, ca cannabinoids and plant-based CBD um, that helps naturally balance our bodies. Um, unlike other CBD products, Hemp Fusion has CBD plus omegas. Um, this is a great product. I've been using it. It's been helping me um, like sleep mainly. And um, this is uh, available both online and at natural product retailers near you. We ship everywhere in the U.S. And uh, right now... 
I'm going to give you a promo code for all my listeners. Uh, just type in FUN for 20% off of your first order and free ship and free shipping at hempfusion.com. So go to hempfusion.com. That's promo code FUN, F-U-N, and get Hempfusion shipped anywhere in the U.S. for free. So go right now. That's F-U-N for 20% off and free shipping at hempfusion.com. So for sure, for sure, a big part of, I think why I said going into high school, I got so consumed by it is, yeah, little by little, it's like a drug. You know what I mean? You get right. that you get that first one really fire punchline off. Yeah. And, and it's not even that it's like complex or anything, but you just might have caught that moment. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like the dude ain't have his laces tied that day. Yeah. And you say something like, man, your laces ain't even tied. That's right. why you about to get fried. Something like, and everybody's like, oh, snap, you got him, you got him. <laughs> then you really start. And then it's all mixed with like cracking jokes too, which we always right. know, yeah. especially in that. And were you, are, were you already doing that? I was always a, a joke cracker. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Same, I was same, all so. same. Okay. Yeah. I was always a joke cracker uh a uh, uh, class clown type dude right, you right. know so not necessarily an academic dude right yeah so that was that was the easy transition it was yeah. like let me do this in rhyme form yeah <laughs> and then kind of continuing on the path of how does this all lead to 106 in park right right so by by senior year i mean i was that dude yeah and what i mean is not only just in my school but i would like to think within that region of where i live north yeah. miami beach south florida um, you know, cause by, by high school, by 17, 18, I got my little Honda Civic. Right, right. I can actually travel outside of my own area yeah. code to go battle, you know? And you were doing the, these battles before 106 and Park in, in, in actual battle events, like Bingo. Co competitions. Competition, yeah, yeah. tourneys, like in I said. In New York in particular. Uh, I, I, I slowly started to actually travel out of state for battles I as see. well around okay. that time. So around the the last year of high school, 18, 19, right. because it's hard, you know, like at the time, um, I mean, I've always grew up in um, a family takeout restaurant environment. Right, right, right. right. My, my, my folks, and proudly, you know what I mean? My parents worked so hard and, you know, sometimes we look back on stuff like that. And I think during the course of it, you don't realize yeah. how much they really sacrifice. And, yeah. and now me as a father, as a parent, and just as an older person, uh, 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 a more mature person in general, I'm like, man, I used to be such a whiny, complaining little prick. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're, yo, literally breaking their back just to keep lights on and food right, on the right. table, you know. But um, I was out definitely battling and, and making my rounds in, in within Florida. But yeah, actually flying up to New York for certain things that I knew was specific. So I wasn't like, yo, I'm just going to fly to New York for the weekend and battle on 42nd Street, right? right? Um, but if I knew like, yo, there's an event and I can solidify a spot for myself in that event, you know, Poison Pen was throwing events already at yeah. that point. So yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. crazy. There's some real battle. Mm -hmm. Now we're going into the real battle rap <laughs> yeah, world yeah. of it, right? So I did that. I mean, I flew out to, to Cincinnati for Scribble Jam, right? Yeah. I did that. Um, and then there's an interesting interconnection with the technology aspect of it. Because mm -hmm. around that time is also when the online freestyle battling boom happened. Right, right. I mean, initially, this is kind of weird and quirky, but text battling. Like, I was even doing text that, battling. That was, that was you kinda, got text battling. Uh, I, did, I did a little did bit, a but bit it, was, it was actually pretty, like, interesting to kind of see that, you know? I, yeah. I think... That was like definitely the introverted kind of cats. Of battling, yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah, you're like, like at home typing lyrics to battle, you're typing the rhymes, and you up. would post it on the forum, and people would vote underneath the post. Yeah, like we're uh, passing notes to each other, battling each other. Pretty <laughs> yeah, much. and <laughs> I and I even I even tapped into that part because right. that also it's cool, yo. Other than chatting with you here about it, I've never really even kind of reminisced on these things in my own time. But that key, text, styling. key styling, key styling was the term. Yeah, but then they also integrated at some point along with the key style people were recording the joints at their crib, right? right? Like on their mm -hmm. little Macintosh yeah. or whatever. That's interesting. Like super crappy audio, yeah. but like there would be an audio that you could play 
with while you're reading the the yeah, lyrics. Because you couldn't even do it really. Uh, like live chatting audio no, you because couldn't. it's too no, slow. Exactly. It's yeah, way yeah, too slow. yeah. So um, a big, big moment in in the course of all of this is actually yo is is in a kind of morbid way is tied to nine eleven because nine eleven happened in two thousand and one, right? So by that time, I had graduated high school already. I graduated in two thousand, and I'm still just in Miami, still pushing. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I felt like I had kind of reached the threshold already. Because right. there's only but so many people you could battle in Miami. Mm-hmm. And there's only but so many times you could go to this tourney, that tourney, right? So in 9/11, uh, when 9-11 happened, my mom and dad, because of family reasons, made a decision to leave Miami and move to New York. Okay. And, you know, they actually gave me the option. Because I was like, really like 19 at the time. They were like, you could stay here in Florida. We're not going to force you to move with us. Or you can, you're can. you more than welcome to come with us to New York. Wait, two, that, that year that 9-11 that, happened? The month after, dude. Wow. October. Wow. Like, so September 11th, it happened, the towers. And then October, they had kind of this family discussion and powwow to move to New York. And I remember vividly. It was a no-brainer for me, primarily for the family reasons. Because I was like, you're yeah. all going to go and I'm going to stay right, here. Right, 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 yeah. right, But on top of that, as well, in my mind, I was like, yo, this might all be kind of just the way destiny has unfolded right because right. if i'm gonna continue to pursue this rap thing because here's the thing to tie into i've been talking about the battle rapping and battle gin in the midst of me loving battling there's always that thing that's always on my mind is like this battling is just to get my foot in the door right to get signed right especially at that point it's very specific it's like through battling i'm gonna get discovered and, and i think and most people were like that like right now you it's can, shifted you a can, bit now you can be like i just want to battle, battle and yeah. that's my career bingo yeah no, bingo back bingo. then it was definitely like you're battling at the battle to your passing out your mixtape like you know it's your all, demo package yeah exactly even. yeah like yo hopefully through this i can get my my, my tape over to timberland to you yeah. know to, to enter someone at interscope to someone little at, did at we Def know Jam. they only want to hear us battle yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so when the family made the decision move to move to New York it was natural for me to follow along and I hit I hit the ground running I hit the ground running so this is uh to put year context in it this is like the late 2001 early 2002 right and as soon as I hit the ground running I'm battling everywhere mm-hmm. because at that point like I had no job I didn't really have anything other than that other than this rap dream right and attached to the rap dream was this this battling skill set that I had honed literally for several years already, right? Mm-hmm. Now that you hear the backstory of it. So my point is when I actually landed on 106, and that was, uh, you mentioned it earlier when we first started, that was just totally through the the, the audition process. Like right. I, just, I just found out one day that there was an open casting up in Harlem, two o'clock to 6 p.m., whatever, and you just come as you are. So I show up to that thing and it's like, 200 rappers, right? Like okay. 50 from the Bronx, 50 from Queens, yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 from Staten it's, Island. It's like in a, in a room or what, what is this? like? A- Yo, and, and then one Chinese kid with his book bag on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I say that both in jest, but also it's a very vivid visual, you know, if you really think about it. So no I, other Asians? No other Asians at all. Oh, like white kids? Uh, Minimal. I mean, yeah. yeah, if we were to really kind of just right. kind of look at it like that minimal. Anybody like was, you recognize at in the At the end of the room? day, it's still black entertainment television. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? Like at that time and now it still is. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot more diverse now in terms of what you see on the screen yeah. and the audience members. Any rappers or homies that you ran into? Uh, in there, was, there was some that probably I had crossed paths with when I was just out and about battling. Okay. Right, like like in Times Square. Because was, there was a few places that everybody would go just to battle. Right. Whether it was Times Square, whether it was in the village in front of Fat Beats, R.I.P. Fat Beats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Fat Beats and Cali has closed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's like also a signature spot where everyone would go to either try to slang their mixtapes yeah. 
or battle. Percy P just traveling. <laughs> Percy P selling more mixtapes than your favorite yeah, yeah, rapper. For real, right? for real, yeah. So shout out to Percy. I used to stand next to Percy on the daily, and there's this big clock in the village. We'd just be like, all right, it's about 2 o'clock. This is when the the the, 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 the traffic comes, like yeah, the foot yeah, traffic yeah. comes. But um, so my point is when I landed on 106, to the general public, it might be like, yo, who's this Chinese kid that came out of nowhere? But in my mind, even when I went to the audition, I knew what I had in my toolbox. Yeah. I knew how sharp Mahanzo's sword was. Shout out to Immaculate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real random battle rap references. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to answer the question you asked, the process was, uh, it was a room. Yeah, it was like a, 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 like a standard studio room. You walk into the room, there's a table like a folding table with like five, six people behind it, right? Maybe producers of the show, mm -hmm. casting yeah. department people, and they pair you up with an opponent. So they pair you up with an opponent and they're like, all right, imagine this is the actual show. 30 seconds, they play the beat, go. All right, 30 seconds, go. And then when y'all done, it's not like you win, you advance. No, it was like, thanks for coming, y'all. We'll hit you up if okay. we hit you up. So, yeah. so it's not a bracket. It's not a bracket. It's, it's just if they like you as an entertaining. It's more of a screening. I see. It was more of a screening. So they're like, you're entertaining and you're Asian too. So that that might have actually helped you in a, in a oh, sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, well, you stood out. Well I, well, I mean, I wish there was footage of it. And quiet as kept, I'm sure 106 might, uh, a BET might have. Because right. they might have had cameras rolling right. in the audition. Yeah, thing, yeah. Right? But I remember vividly what really worked for me in that moment. To be honest, I can't read their minds, so I don't know how much of it was, right. oh, look at this Asian guy. I don't know how much, but I do know what I brought to that table that day For was. Sure. I brought that real traditional, I'll say this and you'll know right away what I'm referring to. I brought that real traditional off the top yeah, freestyle mm -hmm. battling that you know, that we know, yeah. you know what I mean? And obviously I carried that into the show too. You know, right. this is something that real- the observation. Yeah, yeah, battle yeah. nerds will study this yeah. stuff. But if you watch the seven weeks that I was on it from week one to week seven, battle nerds will know, yo, Jim went into like that punchline, he had that before he even was at the taping. Right, right, battle right. nerds will know that. But then they'll also be able to see, yo, that was right there on right. the spot that he right. said that. Cause we just, we have that, right. like, you know what I mean? So you so get the call back. Uh, I get the call back like maybe three weeks later, three weeks out. Okay. So, so after the audition, I have my book bag with my little battle mixtapes in there. I, I go back to my daily routine, which is where do I go battle and how do I sell these mixtapes, right? Yeah. And then about three weeks later, I get the call and it's like, you're coming, we won't, you know, you're coming as the challenger next week. Yeah. And this was kind of the first like TV magic moment that got ruined for me. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm coming on Freestyle Friday. But they're like, yeah, so we need you on Wednesday. And that's when I found out that it was pre-recorded, <laughs> which worked for me though, right, because right, that right. means every time I would tape on Wednesday and I would know, I'm, you know, on the Friday airing if I lost yeah. or if I, it's a good look, you know what You're I mean? You're feeling good or, when that yeah, Friday came along. Friday, exactly. I would, like, have, I would have the whole Wednesday evening and the whole Thursday and Friday morning to be like, yeah, it's about to be, I might have to print up an extra five or 10 mixtapes for this right. weekend, you know? Because that's also what I was doing. Like even during the, the course of week one, two, three, four, when it kicked off and got mad momentum, I was still out on the street slanging these tapes. Yeah. And that was like the ultimate advertisement for me. So you do the, so you go, uh, you the thing airs after you kill it on the first one. The first one, week, yeah. And then it airs on Friday. Yeah. And what is the immediate, like, what's the first thing that you, you felt like, okay, things are a little bit different now. Like, people, cats are knowing There's you street the street. recognition, for sure. While There's you were passing out the mixtapes. Yeah, yeah. So the biggest shift is before 
Uh, I don't know how prevalent this is in LA or in Cali. It might be, it, it exists too. But in New York, even now in modern day 2019, it's still a thing. But you know the dude on the street mm -hmm. with the stack that's like, yo, fam, you listen to hip hop? Yeah, yeah. I got this, I got this we fire got more right in here. like Venice Beach. Ven you guys oh, got oh, yeah, that. yeah, in yeah. The city. In the city, yeah. yeah. So I was, that, I was one of those guys, okay. right? So the biggest switch for me after even that first week of airing is where I went from initially as the guy with the tape trying to like yo 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 you got a minute man let me show you what i got man right. yo this you know dope rhymes i went from struggling to try to stop people to people approaching me like yo you rhyme like you that are you the one from yeah, yeah, from yeah. friday and then right there i'm like i am and i got this joint right here for five dollars right? yeah. did that help the sales by any it did did it help okay it was yo man like I, you know what let me ask you this actually because i feel like that help, street yo. hustler you know mixtape slang in on the street yeah it must have been interesting for you at the time because there definitely wasn't that many Asian dudes on the street slinging mixtapes. The cats look at you funny nah. during nah. that time, nah. or, or they were just like, "What?" Like, I, well, or were they intrigued? Or yo, what was your it? question is very interesting. Like, I think during it, and then even post it, and right now, I guess I just myself had never took any really time to to analyze that that yeah. angle of it. Right. But if you were to just like, well, based off your 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 recollection, Jim, what did it feel like to you? I would like to think that in those type of interactions, like on the street and people stopping me, there was probably an initial vibe of like, you know, definitely like just by nature, when they see me, they're like, yo, you that Chinese dude that was on Freestyle Friday last, yeah. last Friday, right? Oh, you the Asian cat, right? Oh, you the Asian cat. Yeah, yeah. There was that. But I don't think that it was so all consuming that that was just what they dwelled on. Like right. really quick, it became like, yo, you killed it. Right. And it wasn't like, yo, you killed it, and I've never seen an Asian cat kill it like right, that. Right, Even right. if they felt that, it wasn't like a constant, yeah. you know what for I mean? For sure, for sure. So that was interesting to me. And, you know, for me, on my mind, the whole time from the moment the interaction begins is, would you like to buy a mixtape? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. You're trying to get I'm those just off. trying to get off these, these yeah. mixtapes as quick as I can. So I would say from week one onward, it was already that. By week four and five of, of the airings, um, Behind the scenes, I was already talking to labels, right? Mm. Sitting down. By, by week five, you said? By four and five. So okay. so actually by week four, I was already closing closing the deal with Double R. Right, right. So that's also another interesting kind of footnote. Who who reached out to you from Rough Riders first? Like, Well, I think um, at the same time, we were just able to get our foot in the door with various labels, right? So aside okay, from so Rough Riders. Okay, so you were Riders, meeting with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, were, what was another close uh, deal closer with another label? There were none. That's the thing. Right. There, it, no, nothing else ever really got to a, a deal closing moment. They were moving more. They were moving really fast. Okay, okay. And yo, uh, in hindsight, and, and even with all of the twists and turns and the ups and downs of my career, upon making that Rough Rider decision, I say this like with absolute conviction, 1,000% wholeheartedness. I would not have made a different decision if I went back and knew that things would unfold the way they did. I mean, it's it's a legendary label. It's a legendary move. It's a legendary label. And, you know, there's so many nuances and, and layers to that decision. Uh, number one is that, you know, I told people then and now, my mindset was never like, yo, I'm going to come onto the label. And, and because I know they got X, they got Eve, they got the locks, they got Swiss, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to ride their coattails to the top. No, the real drive was it's an honor to sign with the R because sure. I grew up listening 100%. to the R. I came into I came into the label as the uber rough rider fanboy. Right. Still am to this day, no denying, you know. Um, but I think it was just a combination of timing and well intentions that might not have equaled up to the outcome we all wanted. And what I mean by that is I certainly had the best intentions when I came into the, the label, right? right? Signing with them, being part of the roster. And I fully believe that they had the best intentions too. 
because they was just like, yo, we believe in this guy, right? Because some people even now they say to me, they're like, yo, man, Rough Riders should have did this with you. Why did they make that single? Well, first of all, why did they do the, why? And you know what I mean? That, I don't. Go ahead. It's hard to listen to anything like that. Like you, you've had a longevity in your career and pivoted in all all sorts of directions like appreciate that i, I don't understand when cats try to tell me these things like of what I, you should have yeah, i'm 33 i don't need to hear about my potential of like what i could be you know like, yeah get, i say i say this onto it though not to defend those people yeah. but some of them i take i do give them the time of day to listen because there is that faction of them i think you'll agree too that some of them really just want to see you win Right, in their that. heart of hearts, right. Of so course. they feel like, yo, if only. So, so there's extremists too. Some of them that's like, yo, man, I, you know, like just in one sentence, they'll be like, it's kind of messed up how the R did you though, and that's right. when I need to rectify it a bit because right. I don't want to leave that stain where if I don't say anything, they think that I'm co-signing that statement. Because yeah. on the contrary, not only would I not co-sign it, I feel like they gave me an opportunity that still changed my right. life to this day. I'm just not. I'm just impatient with it. I'm not dealing with a yeah. cool conversation well, yeah. Oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is not a daily like. It's not a daily basis where I'm just like on the street with a random dude talking yeah. about rough I'm so rider impatient decisions. if they said that I'd be like you're right and, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm dipping no, um, no but I feel you I know yeah. I know what you mean they, they don't they mean well they mean well they did but, but it, could, it just it, it just comes off in a, in a yeah. wrong way but um uh, so it was a long story short the R the signing with the R is still something that I'll be 60 70 years old and I still feel like it was magical and right. no matter how it panned out, because I was chatting with uh, uh, dancing a friend of mine, producer friend, about it today, just on the way here, just talking about what did that look like, signing with them, right? Like looking back, what do you think were some of the high points, the low points, what you know, and what did you learn from it, right? And I just feel like I was fighting a couple of things that I just hope I, when I say these things, it's not excuses, but there were odds stacked against me aside from what people see already, which yeah. is yo, an Asian cat trying to break into the rap game, like that wasn't even my my for me. I wasn't dwelling on that because right. I was just like, yo, skills is skill. I'm going to kill y'all with these rhymes and my skills, which is why I love battling so much. But the things working against me, which is also what left me at some point this cynical, bitter, anti-music industry type yeah. dude. There was a season where I was that guy was because after signing with the R, it was just this wake-up call of like, yo, the rap game, there's so many things inside that mm. that that takes mm. away from the art of it and takes away from why I love this thing as a kid, right? So, for example, when I signed with the R, right? This is like actual like rap game inside stuff. But right. I signed with them at a time that they was kind of in their own negotiations with their distributor, right? Because you know like uh, they have DMX, but mm -hmm. it's like when DMX drops the album, it's Rough Rider slash Def Jam, right? right? Or when, 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 when Eve dropped the album, it's Rough Rider slash Interscope, right? So there's all these things. These are known facts already. So yeah. I'm not like really revealing inside yeah, school. Yeah. But what happened was when I came along, I came when I'm on Rough Riders, but we don't know who's distributing Jin's album. Yo, what up, yo? I'm going to tell you guys about mybookie.ag. Um, it's the football season, and I want you guys to bet with the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie. Uh, if you're the kind of guy that like, likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now at mybookie, and we will double your first deposit. Use my promo code DUMB to activate the offer. That's promo code DUMB, and we will double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag and bet with the best. He. So what, what was it about the industry that you, that you learned? Dude, that I think for the longest time, I always looked at getting signed as the end game. Mm-hmm. When really, a that's lot of us, just the beginning, right. you know what I mean? So 
Uh, I signed with the R, and aside from the whole, yo, distribution, who's distributing my album, we don't have distribution for my album. I try not to get caught up in that too, but it was just inevitable because here I am thinking I'm going to work on my album and we're going to ride this 106 in Park Wave and get it popping. That was the mindset signing with the R. And I don't think they intentionally threw a monkey wrench into things, but even if you look at it, I signed with them in 2001. My album didn't come out till three years later. Mm. Now, you would think, all right, well, that might not be a bad thing because maybe you spent three years kind of developing as an artist, right? Well, you were also, you were still battling, though, after the uh, I was, which fight. might be good and bad. I, it, yeah. Was that part of their strategy? Not too, at as, all. It was, it was something you wanted to do. I wanted to do. Okay. And this also might have been the good and the bad, too. Like, mm. I think they gave me a lot more free reign than they should or could have. I mean, I mean I'm grateful for it because, you know, they, essentially they could have signed me and been like, yo, you coming under the wing? And, 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 and you're going to rock the way we're going to tell you to rock now. But the thing that I'm so grateful about is they signed me and, and let me to be part of this amazing thing. But they at no point ever, you know, they never like felt like they had to confine me to something, which is good and bad, I guess. I don't know. Like they never like yeah. wanted me to. They, in, in essence, they were just like, we just want you to be you, Jin. Well, but yeah. the problem is, I don't think Jin, I'm talking <laughs> yeah, third yeah, person yeah. now. I don't think Jin knew what he wanted to be. So it ended up getting kind of like combobulated discombobulated because maybe yo this is kind of therapeutic for me actually it's interesting yeah maybe in the same breath that they were like we just want Jin to be him you know what i mean we don't want you to come on we got x already we got kiss we got the locks we don't need you know we just want you to be Jin, right right so in the same breath that they say that maybe when i came in i was like i need to kind of mold a bit to be within this mm. this family you know what i mean this Double R, you know what I mean? Right. You know, the bikes, the pit bulls. And so, so for example, like, even if you look at that album, The Rest is History, mm -hmm. which is my debut album. And to date, if you're like, well, what is the most popular song? I mean, it wasn't like a, a hit single or anything, but if you're like, yo, Jin, learn Chinese, right? right? right. And I feel like it's a great reference point to that whole time frame of my career. Learn Chinese is my biggest record, but mm -hmm. it wasn't even like a hit record. Uh, and, and if you're like, well, what do you think about that song? Do you think it was a good single? Do you think, would you still have picked that as a single and you listen to it now, how, what does it make you feel? I gotta say, I've went through stages with that song. So when it first dropped, I was like, I'm so proud of this. You know yeah. mean? I'm working with Wyclef. Right, right. And in the essence of the song, I still feel that the messaging, um, and even lyrically, I felt like I, I, I I felt like it's up to par with what I wanted to present. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of, if you get more detailed and intricate, there's a lot of elements in there that maybe people would have been like, yo, why'd you have to do it like that though? Like, we know you're Asian. Why you have to do a song called Learn Chinese, right? right? right. And then in the video, like, you playing these characters and one is like I mean, an honestly, evil crime boss, right? But in a marketing standpoint, like, it makes sense to push those elements too, I well, feel like. yes I, and no, right? So in my in my mind, I, I always, I don't want to say that I gave myself peace about it, but I looked at it as, yo, like, why Clef was was a crucial part in this because he brought it to the table. Yeah, and I don't say that in the sense that yo, you know, I got Why Cleft, and that's what happened in my career. Not at all. Yeah. I'm saying that it was an honor for him to be so invested in my in, in that song and in that part of my career. Yeah, and in in, in your culture to for you for him to be like, let's push that. Let's push that. Yeah, I mean he's he's yeah. kind of like that too. As Absolutely, an artist, totally. You know? Yo, with his Haitian roots and bingo, yeah, exactly. Bingo. Yo, you hit the nail on the head with that. And even when I look at him, I look at you know someone we a lot of us MCs look up to. You look at Pun, right? right. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Yo nastiest MC ever potentially yeah. right uh, without yeah. to some people yeah, without yeah. a doubt if we're talking straight pen game right um at the same time 
never ever shied away and not only that but always was make sure you know Puerto the flag, Rico oh yeah so that's kind of how I looked at right. learning Chinese in that, that in that sense you know what I mean um but the thing is did did it translate well in terms of I this is just sometimes at the end of the day people now criticize the ones that will criticize that song wouldn't say what they'd be saying maybe if it had charted right yeah but because it didn't then they're like that was Jin's first misstep that song mm. but on the flip side of this this same topic is it's also dope sometimes when I'm out and about and it'll be when I least expect it that the person's like, yo, man, you know what was my jam? That learned Chinese joint. Right. But more beautifully is when it's someone that's not even Asian that says it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, it, whether it's a Hispanic brother, a black dude that's like, yo, I remember that learned Chinese joint came on right, when right. I was in, in high school. Yo, that was my ish, you know what I mean? And I'm like, Huh. You know, so so it, bef uh, before your first album came out with yeah. Rough Riders, was that the period of time where you won those like three fifty thousand yeah. dollar battles? It was that, those were Fight Club battles. It was right before the album. It was came two, out. not fifty. I mean, it was two, not three. Oh, so, okay, yeah, okay, so yeah, two, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it was the Puerto Rican joint. One was in Puerto Rico, yeah. and one was in the Bahamas. Right. Okay. I just watched it last night, yeah, who, not knowing that we were going to talk about. Who's throwing the money for these battles? Because that those that's a lot of money right there. Yeah. So the thing about those two is that. Who's hosting the battle? It, yeah. th those were basically under the Fight Club umbrella. Okay. Right. So those those were both Fight Club battles, but along with Fight Club, they definitely had um, heavy sponsor games. Fifty k. So to for the win a battle event. Check That's this crazy. out. So for the second one that I won fifty, it wasn't even just fifty. It was also a Chevrolet Cobalt. <laughs> so so Sevy was cutting yeah. the check basically. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. was yo. So first one in Puerto Rico was just fifty k for winning the battle. Second one in the Bahamas was 50K. Oh, and here, take this Chevrolet right. Cobalt too, which I flipped because yeah. it was stick shift. And <laughs> how's this? I don't know how to drive stick. How's yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, 100K within a span of like a year or two. Yeah, it, from two battles. That's, that's crazy. At that time, it's pretty. I mean, but. I mean, it's still a lot of money it still for is, anybody but in any it, situation. Absolutely, man. And um, it was interesting because those two battles were in the like you said those were post signing with the label mm -hmm. and that and even that there were people like you should have stopped battling after you signed and there's some people that are like yo it's right. kind of dope that you still battled after you signed well that actually brings me to my next thing so the serious jones battle i gotta yeah. talk about this Let's because talk about that one uh, uh when you what i what i when i saw that battle it felt like the kind of a pivotal moment in the battle rap history where like the written and the the freestyling yeah kind of met met in, yeah. in that arena yeah you know because you were you were coming off the dome on on that in that battle yeah and Sirius was like he had he was ready i feel like he was weaving between the two he, he was, was yeah, okay he was i'll, give, it, I'll yeah. give him the credit he, for he's, sure he's in that class of that can weave between the two he was and and it was like it was definitely like when i was watching i was like oh shit obviously like Sirius was getting on you but yeah. more than anything it just felt like that very moment where the freestyling wasn't as, as impress impressive as it yeah. was did you did you feel so, like so, that as you were doing your thing so that battle specifically i man i've i've looked at that battle, not watched it but i've lived i lived it right, right so right. but i've explored that battle inside outside upside oversight internally externally right. probably more than anybody has right <laughs> and i would say that like a game in essence <laughs> like something where something I just wrong. lost that battle right 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 if, 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 I mean, we've all, a, yeah, yeah we've all but been like there. I've, I've lost battles yeah and, and and I lost that battle and you know maybe at one point I would have said something like yo Sirius Jones didn't beat me I beat me right. you know there's always that angle right. to use right but I wouldn't even use that angle yo he beat me you know now to your question of was it a moment where you felt like yo as this traditional all off the top meets 
kind of premeditated mm-hmm. type stuff that it just didn't match up. Um, I never looked at it like that, right. but I think what happened was that night there was definitely a serious pun intended underestimated. Oh, okay. Thing. So it was I more underestimated yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. big on that. I totally. I yeah. didn't. Because here's the thing. This might also be applicable to this. I had no idea who he was. And this is not oh, a wow. shot at yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a shot. No, like, I had no idea of his pedigree. That's the thing. Right. So this is more, uh, uh, this is more me kind of addressing that a very cocky Jin who wow. felt invincible yeah. went into the ring with someone that is of the same or you know so pedigree. it was like at that he point, can do this and the thing is he's good at that you yeah. know what i mean and, and his style was that jokey each line is very sharp right. and it's not here's the thing i always say he wasn't saying anything groundbreaking either right right not groundbreaking not complex but sometimes that's just what battling is if but, it hits, but i will say he had some of the most clever kind of ang- like for it was it was like some clever asian Ang- lines. asian lines and angles the, you know yeah. like you couldn't go, go platinum, platinum is like a billion people yeah over there. So like, i did though no <laughs> <laughs> i mean not platinum but i did my numbers in for China. sure for sure oh, yeah. no no but it, it was interesting to see that because that was like, like you was uh on the back of the bike with eve oh right there's something like dmx and where my dog's at and jim right. birthed right, or right something right. like that and i know we i always t- i always give credit where it's due where if you hit uh, get like we get hit with asian jokes yeah. and if it's tight then we know it's tight. without a doubt you know what if i mean it's tight i know it's tight and i'll be the first one to be like that was fire yeah Right, yeah. right, right. I mean, so, that was like that was a battle where I was like, "Oh shit, this you know, is like the first time I'm like looking at Jen." Jen I'm like, like, "Yeah, I don't know if I I gotta just kind of admit like yeah, serious is getting on him." Yeah, you know? you know the other thing about that battle, and this is just how life is, man. Of all the battles, right, that MTV uh, could could pick to view on <laughs> repeat on loop uh, they, they ten play, times a day. The out of that that's the one that oh they decide to play. Cause, right. cause yeah, cause they they did this kind of crossover collaboration where MTV started to air Fight Club battles for some right. reason, that and was... that happened to be the one that they just want to air on loop. Right, right. Jin getting his ass chewed. <laughs> the highlight reel. But yo, it, it, I, you know, and this is not me trying to be all like all all like enlightened and whatnot but it is enlightening in the sense that as tough as that was to go through and even the years after that i mean i even talked about this on a vlad interview straight up like it was therapy right the years after that was tough because of that battle specifically not and and, you know and this is not to take credit away from Sirius and his craft but it really isn't so much about how dope he is or what he did that night it was more about me jen as a person what i learned through that battle which is like i valued my existence as a battler mm-hmm. way too much <laughs> yeah, yeah like, you know what i mean like that was my is, only like this right. is this is the only thing i have existence That's for yeah so when i lost that battle and i had that feeling of my purpose and worth being sucked out of me that was the wake-up call and if anything yo i I, I i'll thank him in person i'll thank him here like for some reason, Sirius Jones was the person put on this earth to do that. Because yeah. I'm saying this, if it wasn't serious, someone else down the line would have did it. Right. You and I, and I mean? I'll, I'll right. tell you right now, I I, yeah. I I can connect with what you're saying about the existence thing. And it's it's a sense of like liberation too when you kind of Super get away from Hell that. Hell yeah. Because I feel like in hip hop, it, it's it, it really messes with your mind a lot because you think about your relevancy in the game. Woo! And when you stop caring about those things, it's like load off your back, bro. Like it's liberating. Yeah. You know, and and, and that's gonna happen for any like cat out there. You yeah. know, obviously it's like your passion, that's your life. You love doing it, but things you you get other things in your life that yeah. are very m- important to you or more important or whatnot. Do you listen to some of your own records sometimes from like five years ago or ten years ago and think about how your mentality has shifted from then? Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Right? 
Yeah. I, but I also, on the other end of that, I also listen to old stuff. I'm like, damn, that was like, how was, how did I even do that? Yeah, that was kind of, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. both ways. Like, both ways, yeah. I, I, both I, ways. I look at stuff and be like, oh, I can't believe what I was wrote I doing? that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, like, man, that was pretty impressive. Like, I, yeah. Because, like, when I get it, catch myself in a creative rut, I kind of do that. Listen to some old records yeah. to get inspired. Like, yeah. be like, wait, I used to, I did I can it. do that. I yeah. can do that. I Woo! need that. That's fire. Yeah. I need that. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Um. Okay, so. Moving away Moving from away all from the battle, battle stuff, so you move, yeah. you go to you, you, Asia. You yeah. go to Asia. Yeah. So this is after all this stuff. You're like, I'm gonna try to do this in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were kind of early in. Like, I feel like there was this whole transition of a lot of um, uh, Amer um, like Chinese American, Korean Americans going back to the motherland yeah. and doing their thing. Korea had a bunch of those yeah. cats. You know too. who was another cat that kind of took that route? Chan, even remember Snacky Chan? Chan? I just spoke to him on Facetime earlier That's the dude today. Too, actually, yo. yeah. That's the dude, bro. Yeah. But he, so he, he went to Korea. Of, he went to Korea. And you you did uh you went to China. I went to China and then there's there's actually like two phases of my, my Asia endeavors. So the first phase of it is uh two thousand eight. Mm -hmm. So this is post Rough Riders, um post kind of like a really deep, darker space that I was in at one point. Yeah. This is like oh six, oh seven. Just as a person, forget as an artist, like just as Jin, I was like really like shit you know what i mean like yeah. this this shit is tough it's eating at me yeah but then in 08 i had a chance to to go to uh, hong kong specifically and do music in cantonese which i had never done before right so i go out there i drop an album in cantonese kind of not even on some yo i'm here to take the game over or i'm here to like revamp my career it was more so like if i don't do this i don't know how i'm gonna live you and, know what and, i mean and did they reach out to you like Chinese um, labels or what? Like Yo, so there was a period where I first knocked on the door with the album array. Oh, okay. Everyone turned it oh, wow. away. I came back and kind of, I was like, well, that didn't work, right? And I let it go. I let it go for a period of time. And then one of the, the doors that I knocked, they came coming back and said, hey, remember that that Cantonese album that yeah. you, you, you pitched to us? You still want to drop it? And this was Universal. So the same Universal right. Records, but just in Hong Kong. Wow. And they were like, we'll have you come out. We'll set up the press run and, and give it a good push. And we'll go from there. I'm yeah. like, sure. So when I went there, I, I literally bought a one-way ticket. This is in 2008. Yeah. I bought a one-way ticket and was like, all right, I'll go for like two months, three months, you know, do this promo and yeah. try to get as many show, get as many bags as I can from these shows. Yo, those three months turned into like pretty much four years. It wasn't until, because in the course of those three, four years that I was there, yeah. aside from career advancement and career flourishing, I feel like I really grew as a person too. Yeah. Right? So in the course of those three, four years is when I also proposed to my right. wife. Well, she wasn't my wife yet, but I proposed, I got married, and then it was when my firstborn arrived that I made a hard stop there. So this is you, 2012. Did you feel like you got a second chance Without like, a doubt. when you went out there with that album? I mean, that's album? why I named my son Chance. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so Chance the son, that's, that's what, my what firstborn. Is, is, yeah, okay. Uh, not directly related to that, but the reason we named him that, or oh, I even was like, yo, Chance, I like that. It's just because I felt like, just as you mentioned, I've gotten a lot of chances beyond just the, the that yeah. Hong Kong run. But without a doubt, it was a kind of like a, a, a yeah, second win. Mm. I, mean, I can't even call it a second win, but another win, right? So when I came back, this like I said, this is the first wave of it because I came back, Chance was born, and then I tried to get my foot back you know, in the game here. Like as far mm. as like I got back in the studio with right. the great company, right, right. right? I worked on an album, poured my heart and soul into that album. The album is um called 1459, by the okay. way. So that's on Spotify. And even to this day, I mean, this is five years ago that I dropped this album, but for any Jin fan, whether you was part of the Rough Rider phase afterwards, I would always say, yo, go check out 1459 because I think there's a lot of 
songs in there that answer pretty much any question that you might have right. for me. Yo, what happened to you? Mm. Yo, why didn't you sign right, with right, them? Right. Yo, why did you do learn Chinese? Yeah. Yo, you're married? Yo, are you a Christian rapper? Like, what's going on? Right, right. All of that is answered in 1459, right? right? right. So I dropped that. And I think at the time, I tried to be on the external. I tried to be like, yo, man, this album is just me unleashing. Like, I'm, this album is more for me than anyone else. Like, this is, don't, I don't want anyone to think that this is, like, supposed to be a comeback album. I don't care how it does on iTunes charts. I don't, so I'm saying externally I was saying this, but internally, I really wanted that one to be the one. Right. And I felt like it had that potential, too. Like, the records on there, I felt like, yo, there's some solid records on here. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like if this album was what I dropped during Rough Riders, because that's the thing. Like, some people will see, like, yo, do you feel like the Rough Riders album wasn't you? And I would say, it's not that it wasn't me, but I just think that the 23-year-old me that did that album, I don't think he knew, knew who he was yet either. Mm, so maybe, yeah. so the Rough Rider album is accurate in that sense. Right. It's reflective of a 23-year-old that doesn't really know what he's really trying to say yet. But on 1459, you know, I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, by that time, I'm already married, father, right. husband. So I guess it's not even sensible to compare the two. Right. But I felt like sonically, thematically, Content, lyric, flow, confidence, all of these things that we look for in a dope album and an artist. Right. I felt like it's in 1459. Do you think it's... So that album didn't pop at all. Like, with, I'll just say I'm that. I'm curious, <laughs> with all the experiences that you have, uh, like now with uh, having kids and yeah. uh, being married, do you find it easier to make songs or harder? Ooh. Uh... I'm curious because I, I, I struggle with certain things, too, because sometimes I, I grab the pen and I'm writing and, yeah. like... I want to get extra ratchet and lit. It's not oh, as no. easy to kind of oh, fully. Okay. I mean, for me okay. personally, for I got you, you might be okay. easier. So you, know? you mean in that context? Or, no. or, or, or I mean, another context too, like maybe just creatively, or is it easier to just well to now let your, let yourself go? You know, because as a young person, you have kind of these less rules and boundaries in your head. I got what you say. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally think it, write it, or right, think it, exactly. say it. Whereas now there might be maybe a little bit more layers of like, yo, what am I really conveying with? Yeah, this we've line? learned like too many rules and things that confine us a little super, bit you super know? valid and accurate question yeah. um as much as i acknowledge and know what you're saying for me as jen i don't think i encountered that too much i don't think there's like a uh there's no reservation in that sense yeah. if anything i feel now freer than ever to say what i want how i want to right and on top of that i feel like now more than ever i'm really convicted by what i'm saying like, like in terms of like, let's say when I wrote the, the Rough Rider album, right, or that era, I think a lot of it, it was just like, yo, I'm saying this just because I think this is what the people want to hear. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 or I think yeah. this will, this is what might hit with the people. Right. Whereas now, like you should still, you know, you should still want to push your best, put your best foot forward when you're creating. But now it's not so much, yo, how will people receive this 16? But it's more so, yo. I stand firmly by this 16 right, right here, you know what I mean? Or yeah. this punchline or this song concept, you know what I mean? So that's the big shift. That's interesting. Yeah. I, f I feel like people break rules more like on the, on the, young, on the younger end a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then yeah. it kind of switches as you Because they don't more... know about rules yet, Yeah, really, when you're younger. That's true. Yeah. So um, not to, not to kind of cut you off, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah. well, I was talking about how that 1459 album was something I put so much time and effort into and it didn't take off the way I wanted to. It did put me back in a a, a place of like kind of like limbo. So not as a person this time. Mm -hmm. 
So you know how I said the Rough Rider album didn't take off the way I envisioned or a lot of people envisioned. And then for a period, it put me in this kind of like dark, mm -hmm. just unmotivated, confused place, right? So it kind of happened again with the 1459 album, which we just put out independently, you know, and shout out to great company. Shout out to Carl Choi, who's a, you know, super brother and, and also someone I've worked with for many years. But when that album didn't take off, it kind of put me back in that space again of like, shit, you know? But this time, the only thing or the main thing that was different, and I'm glad, is... I had a foundation this time. Mm -hmm. As a man is what I mean. I'm married, I got my kids, I got my faith. So it definitely softened the blow a bit, but it definitely still left me in a space of like, on the home front, I'm good. I know what my worth and value is, but what about Jin the artist though? Whether right. it's the rapper, the actor, the entertainer, what now? Like I've left Asia for like a good three years now. I know I can go back, but it's definitely, like, even though if I go back, it's not starting from scratch, I can't expect that I'm going to go back and right away get back in the mix either. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we've chatted a bit about this, like the whole stand-up thing. Yeah, so, I know so, you touched on So this is around the time that the stand-up. Yeah, we're both doing a lot of... There's a similar, similarities. There's a lot of similarity in, yeah. even in our career trajectory, I feel For like. Because, sure. you know... You went to Korea and really invested yeah, well, time I do there a little bit of everything, and you, you do too. You yeah. know, like, you act. The, uh, yeah. You, you do stand-up. Yeah. Um, so stand-up, is, is that the newest journey? Yeah, so... far as crafts and... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the newest, super infant, super, like, yo, you talk about room to grow saying i mean me too. we're talking like five staple centers stacked on top of each right. other and this is something you really want to do yes so so funny enough early on i would say during the rough rider era uh or coming out of the rough rider era i already dabbled in it a bit mm. this one isn't as publicly because social media wasn't as big at that right. time and i also didn't really publicize it that much but there was one night in new york where i pretty much just booked like a little venue right like a little small cafe lounge thing and just to show just to show you the time frame of this i promoted it on my myspace page yeah so i was just on my myspace i, I posted a bulletin like yo i'm doing a, a comedy set at this yeah. cafe if you want to come fill out this you know this this questionnaire and yeah. if i like your answers you could come watch <laughs> yeah, yeah and i had like a good maybe like a hundred heads in there oh wow so these okay. are like hardcore gin fans yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. these are like yo a hundred that's nice like a hundred yeah. and i went up there and i did like you know maybe like a, a half hour 45 minute thing and it was fun and great that's that's a long time. But I think that yeah. time, that time, similar to the acting thing, that time I think I did it more of a on a whim, mm. and it, and there there really wasn't much commitment to the craft of it. Right, right, right. right. Same way I did uh, Fast and the Furious, right? Because some people like simply just through Too Fast, Too Furious, yeah. which was like fifteen years ago. Through that alone, they associate me with acting, right. which I think is cool, right? right? But they're like, "Yo, man, like, what's, when we gonna see you in more joints?" And me and you know that. Yo, it's it's a process. It's a grind oh, too. Yeah, hundred percent. You audition, 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 cast, and you just leave it, it in. It messed with my head because um, years ago, yeah. when I first got into acting, I booked my first audition. So I was like, "This is gonna be easy." Yeah, <laughs> yes. And it was for Power for Fifty Cents Power, yeah, and I was, I was I was on Yo, three episodes. On I was on three episodes, and I was like, "Okay, I'm lit." And yeah. then right after that, I auditioned for all these hot shows that won Emmys, and. You know, I didn't get any of those parts. That's the part of the game and that, for that years, can throw you off for sure. Yeah, um, but it's also part of that part of that that journey. It's part of it, but it's just a funny experience. Yeah, the fact that I got my first thing and yeah. didn't book anything, anything for like a year. Uh -huh. There's another two. parallel then. So, yeah. so anyway, so that comedy thing was my first dabble into it, but I didn't. I definitely didn't dive further into it because at that point the music was still such a mm -hmm. big component of my overall right. you know uh, uh, existence. Right. So, but bringing it back to real time now 
it was around 2000, yeah, like 17, 2016. I was in New York at the time and I was just like, I gotta find something. I'm just feeling really like creatively and artistically, I'm just in a rut. So literally I just did a Google search one day for like New York City open mics, like specific, yeah. specifically for stand up. And yo, a whole list of things popped up. So I just looked at the top one or two. And I'm like, oh, 3.30 Wednesday afternoon, okay. I went to that joint. And it was like, yo, three in the afternoon, go down to this dark basement and, you know, there's like a bucket and it's like, yo, put $5 and then you can go up and do six minutes. Oh, and you get a, a free drink. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I just watched the first time. And in this little dark, dingy room, there's only like four or five people. There's the host yeah, and yeah. then like three other comics or whatever. And I'm like, this is the oddest <laughs> I've ever seen, right? It's like bright as hell outside, three o'clock in the afternoon. We're in this dark, dingy thing. So then I watched these people go up one by one and it was just the most surreal eye-opening fascinating thing like mm -hmm. you have someone go up and i'm like huh. like you know like i'll chuckle like okay that was kind of cool then you got someone go up there and they're just literally staring at the mic maybe for the first minute and a half like uh and i'm like what the hell is this right so i leave that thing kind of just like woo. but then i'm like you know what next wednesday I'm gonna throw my five dollars in the bucket, yeah, right? Yeah. So I spend the whole week thinking about, okay, I got six minutes. What am I gonna talk about? What am I gonna talk right. about? I go back to the mic, same thing. It's like the host and then like three, four other people. But this is what caught me off guard. Leading up to me going up and waiting for him to pull my name out of the bucket, I was both nervous, I was excited, I was anxious. I was like, all I could describe is it was a very alive feeling, mm -hmm. which I had not felt in I, a while I describe it exactly that way so I go up I do my six and yeah I mean it's only three four people so it's not gonna be like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right but I go up there you know there's little bits here and there that nobody even reacts to and I'm just talking but I definitely left that feeling like I found something yeah I also like, I, yeah I never wanted to be the guy who's on the side like I could do that too and not do it you know so uh. so as soon as I said that I'm like I can do that yeah. I was like I'm gonna do it and I I from then I was like try to get shows and yeah. force myself to do it it's a because craft, it's nerve-wracking it's, it's definitely nerve-wracking you know to be yeah. like I'm gonna do this man it's been a roller coaster uh your career yeah. and um I mean for me too and it's like it's so parallel you know yeah. and, I, and I love that that, that we kind of come from the same history no nah, man bit, well you know? I mean I, I I would say this off cam and I think I've shared it with you before I think one of the first times I remember it that we actually sat down sat down formally broke bread had a meal was when we was working on that joint with uh with, tra with, with tim Traffic, the, yeah. the charlie sheen joint yeah, yeah. when charlie sheen was taking over the world <laughs> and we was like yo we want in on that yeah, way right a, and like we, and we jumped on the charlie sheen, sheen way we had fun though i think within like a 36 hour span we recorded the song yeah. and shot a music exactly, video we exactly. went to the star and but it was i'm saying like on a collaborative tip, it was great. Thank you for being a part of that. But I remember, I always remember that we sat down and broke bread. And from that day onward to even now, every time in those little intermittent times when we cross paths or we just touch base on the phone, you always emphasize like, yo, Jim, man, like, you might not know, but there's a lot of admiration and respect for oh. what you do. And I just want to publicly say that that means a lot to me coming from my, you specifically. My group chat of, you know, yeah. Asian creatives and rappers, we have immense respect for you, bro. Man, like I, you are, yeah, you are definitely yeah. OG in my book. And long as I'm alive, cats will understand the history oh, my dude, my dude, my of dude. Asian Americans and what they've played, the role they, roles they've played in this uh, game. You but know, not so. to turn into like a, like a ping pong compliment match. <laughs> yeah. You do. And I, and I know that, you're creative at heart, but I think in the terms of even that Asian American community context and not, I think just as as an artist, yeah. dude, I have an immense 
admiration and, and respect for you yeah. and your craft, yo. Like, like for real, because I think what you, to me, just as someone that's watching you blossom over the years, right? Knowing that the background you come from, yeah. that battle rapping, that that online, offline, in person, whatever. But, yo, your transition to take that and break beyond that oh, with, you, with, with your music and then, you know, the rest of your career... Yo, it's not easy. It's, it's not, not easy, but it's, it's also not. life, you know? It is we, also we life. We have to learn how to maneuver, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and not fight the universe, yeah. you know? And you know, you and Tantrum is 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 like that oh, in you, itself. Shout out to Tantrum, too, man. Shout I, I, out to Tantrum. But a, that battle should be must-view. It should be in the Smithsonian. It, it should be in the Smithsonian, <laughs> yo. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is, it should be a study piece and, you know, and they have a lot of those classes now, right? Like yeah. Asian American art yeah, study yeah, yeah, yeah. in pop culture and I'm things sure of that nature. I'm sure popping up in people's, you know, that uh, presentations needs to be with it. the worst press photo possible. <laughs> no, but that's a monumental moment when uh, y'all did that. Um, I don't want to interrupt, but I, I, because we're running out of a uh, battery, we're having some technical difficulties. All good. But I want, I want to let you speak um, on this platform, you know, because uh, yeah. you've been endorsing Andrew Yang. Yeah. Okay. And, um, Talk you know, a little bit about because I'm not fully on any on any all good man train right now yo that's good it's yeah. good that you're not on a train shout out to everybody that's not on any train and shout out to anybody that doesn't jump on a train just because they see other people jumping on a train yeah, this that, isn't one of those things that you should you do should that. do that you shouldn't do that with anything yeah, right exactly but this more than anything so i say before i say anything i'm about to say after this my disclaimer off top is don't take Jin's word for any of this, specifically as it pertains to Andrew Yang. Yeah. So um, I kind of learned about him at the top of this year, uh, like maybe January, February. And that's just through like a few articles that I read, the podcasts that are circling online. But I think what really, really locked me in with him as, you know, the guy that I'm rallying my support behind is after reading his book. It has a book called The War Against Normal People. Okay. So without diving heavily, heavily into his policies and who this guy is, in essence, he's a outside of the box non-political background you know his background right. he's an entrepreneur that's coming into the 2020 election to shake shit up and you know we always say oh man like the country needs change the country needs this the country needs that but i think we all agree that now more than ever there needs to be a shift right, right? i mean i feel like that's the reoccurring theme for every election but as we're going into 2020 i think we are in a state that maybe we haven't been in mm. leading up to this yeah. in all regards, whether it's politically, whether it's the racial divide, economy, right. all these various yeah. topics, right? So I'm just saying to me, Andrew, on both levels, Andrew Yang, on, on, on a more superficial level, I think he represents something that this country needs. like like a, 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 More a, than any other candidate. More than right any now. candidate, okay. yes. And if you're talking about something as trivial as just a breath of fresh freaking air i almost dropped the f-bomb yeah, but in yeah, case yeah. my son watches this <laughs> that's that thing you're talking about you do sense. i do censor myself right i just right. don't want to be that dad that's like you can't say nah, it nah, understand, but i'm gonna say it i, I curse too much to be honest there is so. no too much or yeah, too yeah, little yeah, yeah. but but i'll but i'll say it yo like if the if the country ever needed a breath of fresh air it's freaking right now right so i think he represents that now that's on just a trivial level but if for the for the intellects the thinkers the 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 the, the people that really use their cerebral if you want to dive deeper into it I don't think anyone's offering more practical sound solutions and, and direction than him in okay. regards to all policies. So one main policy that he's really trying to drive home because it, it can be a life changer. We're talking about day-to-day -day normal. That's why his book is War on the Normal People, right? This freedom dividend. Yeah. So the freedom dividend is basically a basic income. It's not a new idea. You know, yeah. like Andrew will say himself, this is not my idea, right? Um, Thomas Paine, like I'm, I don't even know who Thomas Paine is, but right. someone in history has right, brought right, this right, up. Right. 
Martin Luther King championed this. Yeah. And and that's not to that's not to clout chase off Martin Luther King at all. I mean, t Andrew is just saying, yo, the idea of the basic income is not new. But they didn't get it off though, right? They didn't Thomas get it off. Payne so no, yeah, okay. yeah, they weren't able to get it off. Okay. Not 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 nationally. Right. So Alaska has something like it already okay. where they get uh X amount of dollars a month. So where does that money come from as, as far as from the Alaska standpoint? They get it from the oil, right? So the right. oil money and um he's basically just trying to make this a national thing. I and every citizen 18 and up gets a thousand bucks a month i mean it's just I, in essence it's as simple as that right right now there's there's a lot of detail to where's the money come from how do we get it who gets it what gets it my point is don't listen to jen about it listen to andrew about it yeah. i just i'm just here to kind of like use my little voice as jen and my social medias and opportunities like this to chat with right even if these cameras were off i feel like it would i would still be talking to you about it right no, 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 so I, I, that's why so I, but I, I appreciate you saying hey man we're closing up shop but talk to the people about it that uh, i appreciate that and i man i've always appreciated you speaking up you know um on all types of issues oh man i appreciate that because you are the best thematic like theme song writer <laughs> like rap theme song writer for oh, stuff oh man I, I i look back on it and i think that there were times where like I've always felt just compelled to use uh, uh, art to try to share whenever I felt compared to share. Cause there's right. moments where once you've done something once or twice, people expect you to speak about yeah. every everything too, right? Every time there's a racial injustice or Asians get attacked, you know, like culturally or something, it's like, yo, Jim, man, how come you're not saying something? Well, you know and, you're, like, and you're good at it. And ultimately <laughs> it's entertaining and you're good at entertaining yeah. and being clear with your raps. Oh, man, and I, I always I thought that, that's man. like a huge oh, yo, gift from I you, appreciate bro. that. Uh, Jen, I'll, uh, dude, you're a legend, bro. You're dude, a legend, dude, man. thank you for having me, man. Fun with dumb. This, you know, all the best with the rest of the show, and and I hope I'm looking forward to be back for the thousandth episode. Yep. Yo, tune in next week. We'll be battling on the show. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Later.